continue with biblical finances today and the weekly kingdom outlook. Let's go. Folks, Apostle Lewis here with you, and I just want to thank you for being along. Uh, we had such a, a great week last week with Todd Bentley in the house and uh, ministering there. Uh, just an awesome time. Uh, actually, it was a weekend before. God, it goes by so quick these days. It's February 1st for me, so you're going to get this release most likely on uh, Wednesday, February 2nd. Um, it's such a wonderful um, time to be alive, if you ask me, and I really do treasure the, the time that me and you have together when we do this. Uh, i got a couple things I do want to get out of the way. Of course, you can always find me on thegatejacks.com or lewisdcanna.com. We do have School of the Prophets coming up. It's two weeks from tonight. I am so excited about that, that that is coming up. 7 o'clock, and all you have to do is text GATE GSS to 77411. You'll see the JPEG here. Of course, if you're out of the United States and or out of the United States phone number, then when you text, use that long U.S. number to do that, okay? And what are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be doing everything, uh, basically, I'm going to teach you on different things. All the stuff that I can pour into people is what I want to do. Um, you go, well, I'm, I'm not able to make it on Tuesday nights. Great. Not a problem. Register. You will still be a part of it. You can catch it. But let me tell you something. If you're not there on Tuesday nights, when I do the Zoom call meetings, which we'll still broadcast on, on the app, but when we do the Zoom calls, you're not going to be able to go out to the breakout sessions and stuff like that. You're not going to get prayer. You're not going to get prophetic words. I'm not giving you a prophetic word at Thursday or Friday. I'm not going to do that and stuff like that. So you want to be a part of that. I know some of you have classes. I understand that. And, I, you know, it doesn't matter what night I pick. There's always either a conflict with me and my own schedule or a conflict with somebody's. I apologize. I do the best I can with that. But because I'm traveling, I don't even want to do Monday night. I had to move Margaret to Monday night. Because of my travels, I can't guarantee that I will be ready to go every Monday night. I might be flying back. Matter of fact, I'm already doing that in um, April, first week in April. Uh, I will be flying back on Monday. So I want to make sure I get to spend time in prayer uh, and preparation every day. I do that for preaching. I want to do that for the School of the Prophets as well. I am in my new chair uh, that I bought. I'm going to be talking about, you know, I, I can't wait because I think I'm going to start off the School of Prophets which, with how to develop your prayer life. Because I think that that is vital that we learn how to do that and develop that because, because a lot of people pray but I want to take you through my journey uh, of how I develop prayer, a prayer life. What I'm even doing now in my office, I still have my desk over here. I just moved it instead of being right here. I moved it over here and I bought a chair because I want to get back into the long, long hours of prayer. And I understand to do that. And it doesn't mean I don't pray already, just to really have um, 
long waiting on the Lord, really long wait. Sometimes it takes five, six hours. And um, you have to be in a comfortable spot. Plus, the Lord kind of spoke to me. He said, when you're teaching the school of prophets, I want you to teach them from the place where we meet. I thought that was so divine. So I don't sit behind my desk and do a lot of prayer. I do study behind there, but it's it's a high back chair. It's a high desk. And that doesn't do my uh, 56-year-old back. I don't feel as comfortable doing that. So I, I felt like I needed a chair to sit in to have a more prayer life. I didn't want it out. I, every other part of the house gets chaotic. I'm in this little 10 by 10 room in here. It's my office. It's, it's now my prayer room. I made it into my prayer room. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm going to talk about that in School of the Prophets, about how to get still before the Lord and all that. So I'm really excited about that. So don't forget to register. Do that. And by the way, if you've registered, do me a favor. Share it with someone you know who's looking for more. I do get requests all the time for more. And if you would help me do that, that would be fantastic. I've got my super-sized mug of coffee. Um, I bought a milk frother. Best thing I ever bought in my life. Um, I take my Keurig, um, and I put it on espresso, and I make a couple espressos, put it in there. But the frother, so good. Because it keeps your... What's so great about it is it heats your milk. Therefore, your coffee doesn't go cold when you put cold milk in it. And because I'm using this, I'm just going to see, I'm using this Italian sweet cream, sugar-free. Um, and I don't have to put sugar in it because the sweet cream is enough. Uh, it's so good. Um, anyone knows me and been around with me knows I like coffee in my milk. Uh, I don't like, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a pure purist of give me an espresso coffee, man. If I do that, I got to put sugar in there. I just can't. I uh, don't do black coffee unsweet. I, that's that's horror to me. So um, I love having a nice good latte and and uh, I'll have several. Now I'm getting ready to fast, which means I'm off of. I will get off of caffeine and sugar because I only do water fast. When I do, I'm going to talk about this. I might do an extra video and just talk about preparations of fasting of what I how I've become. I want I don't want to say successful because I, it almost sounds like it's not with grace. But even with grace, I begin to pray into the fast. Um, I prepare my body for the fast. Um, I prepare my sleep for the fast. I prepare myself to go on a long fast. Because sometimes we live such chaotic lives and that we don't realize what we're fighting when we're fasting is bad habits and, and bad cycles we've gotten. So bad eating habits, bad dietary habits, bad sleeping habits. And I begin to really, really um, group those things in there. Okay, I want to talk to you again about finances. And I hope you have been, man, I've been having just a time of revelation going through, reading the Bible all the way through again. I am in, I'm doing it out of the uh, New American Standard, um, halfway through Numbers. Uh, this is the first month of February. I'll be through probably numbers this week, definitely, but maybe even halfway on my journey through De Deuteronomy as well, because I just so love the Word of God. And, you know, sometimes 
we we just don't have time to read uh, all the way through. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not studying. It doesn't mean that I, I even when I'm reading this all the way through, I'm studying and, I, and I'm learning and I'm remembering and I'm meditating and I'm praying. And I mean, I love um, I, 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 I love it. I love um, when Moses needs an answer. It's in it's in uh, Numbers nine eight. Moses needs an answer about the Passover because there were some that were unclean, so they couldn't enter the Passover because a parent had died. God gives them the permission to um, fast the second month of the year. Like here's here's stuff that. Here's stuff like we celebrate, the church celebrates the Jewish New Year right before um, Yom Kippur, usually in September, somewhere around there. But that's not actually the biblical New Year. And that's something that always puzzles me because the Jewish, the biblical New Year, Nisan, is the first month, and that's usually March or April. And if you want to know, roughly when that is, is count from the Passover and count back 15 days or to the new moon before the Passover. When is a new moon? That's actually the first month in the Bible. And uh, But Moses answers to them, though we are unclean because of a dead person, why, uh, why are we kept from presenting an offering to the Lord as appointed time among the sons of Israel? And Moses says this, listen to this, listen Moses said to them, wait, and I will listen to what the Lord will command concerning you. Moses was a man who would go wait on the Lord and listen and see. I love what Todd talks about seeing. You know, that's what the watchers do. I, I just spent some time in prayer and the Lord showed me something. And I wrote it down. I started praying, Lord, bring that up, bring that person. It was someone that was going to get healed. So the Lord was showing me that when I confront when I see this person that I don't even know who the person is that I can pray for them they're going to they're going to be healed so uh, I'm having such a good time I hope you're enjoying this if you are share it on Facebook share it with your friends would you help me do that because um you know sometimes we don't realize that word of mouth is the greatest form of of us spreading the word, and if you, if anything I'm teaching you is blessing you, then share it. I don't. It's not for my popularity. I share a lot of things. Uh, you look behind me. I'll tell you what these books are. This is, this is it's on this side. This is called uh, the Mikdash. This is like the rabbinical writings. And yes, I do go into these once in a while. It's fascinating what they wrote that wasn't in here. Uh, then I got John G. Lake, uh, let's see, Days of Vengeance, Institutes of Biblical Law, Smith Wigglesworth, Mary Woodard, and John G. Lake. That's the Hummish. That's the first five books of the Bible. And then you see all the books behind me. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, let's promote a book today. You know, you want a fascinating book. <clears throat> this is Face to Face with God. I don't know if I can see and get that out of the glare. When I first met Bill Johnson and I bought all of Bill Johnson's CD teaching sets, I gave my credit card to um, 
his uh, Judy Franklin, who was his traveling assistant, uh, she's now um, she doesn't travel with him anymore. She still serves him, works with him. And I gave I gave her my credit card. I said, just give me one of everything of bills. Don't tell me how much it is because <laughs> I don't want to know until I sign the bill. You know, don't tell me if it's six hundred dollars. It's six hundred dollars. I don't care. Just just do this for me. She gave me discount and everything, but she she one of the tape series was called the quest it's so rich and so full that if you can get it on bethel store i think you can do it i listened to that one on the way home from that conference and just was so moved well this book is basically based off of that bill wrote this in request um and um no, Bill, I don't think Bill has signed any of my books. I, uh, that's not me. So we'll just put that here in case you're wondering. Great, great book. I'll promote books. By the way, you'll see I got all my Todd Bentley books and Bill Johnson books and Benny Johnson and James Gall. And I, I've got so many books. I'll promote one maybe every time we come together. And, um, and maybe that will be a blessing to you. All right. I want to talk one more time about the tithe, about who the tithe belongs to, because that's important. Now, you can do this if you read, you got to read the Exodus and Numbers. and So I'm just going to give you a summary of this. When the people come out of Israel or out of Egypt, before the night before, God smites all the firstborn in the land. By the way, he smites all the firstborn in the land, even if they're in Goshen. But if they do the Passover, according to what Moses commanded them, and God commanded Moses, and they put the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, God would, the death angel would pass over them, and God will not smite the firstborn of their house. If they don't do that, then God will smite. They will be, they will be afflicted, and that's why it's called the Passover. All right. You might say God's mean. You understand? None of us have a right to breath. We don't. It's a gift from God. Our our very breath is a gift from God. And so, God sits there, and then what He does is. He has, he says, look, we're going to divide you up 12 tribes, but not the tribe of Levi. I'm taking the tribe of Levi to myself to serve me as priest. But you're going to take Joseph's two sons, and they're going to become your 11th and 12th tribe. So there's 12 of them, but not Levi. Levi, he says, are mine. And God says, number and number them 20 years old and up all the first well actually all the way up three all the firstborn males of levi firstborn males number them and it comes out with a number uh like 22,000 or something like that firstborn males it's really interesting you know and but then he says now number all the firstborn of israel and when he numbers the firstborn of Israel, uh, they find out that the uh, Israelites have like 22 
I think it's 22,237 or something like that. Something like that. It's like 237 more firstborns of the other 12 tribes than the tribes of Levi, than the number of Levites. And so there's 22,000 Levites, and then there's 22,000. Let me see if I can find the number for you. And, and, um, and he takes this, okay? God takes a census, and it's a really amazing thing, what God does. And he says to Moses, look, Moses, because there is more sons of the firstborns of the other 12 tribes than there are Levites which are given to me, Add shekels of silver for redemption for those because you don't have enough Levites because I'm taking all the firstborn or holy unto me. And the way you're going to give them to me is through I'm taking the Levitical tribe to be mine. Okay. And you might go, what, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you got to understand that that's redemption. God has, has redeemed us. And we have to understand that redemption as part of our thing. So then God, after he takes this and numbers the camp and does all this stuff, he then sits there and says, the Levites are mine. They're holy unto me. And he chooses them. And what you have to understand is God chooses. Here's the number. I was right. 22. It's in uh, Numbers chapter 3. And you can start at verse 40. Let's just read it. The Lord said to Moses, count every firstborn male of the sons of Israel from a month old and upward and make a list of their names and you shall take the Levites for me. I am the Lord instead of all the firstborn among the sons of Israel and the cattle and the Levites in the place of the firstborn and the cattle of the sons of Israel. So Moses counted all the firstborn among the sons of Israel, just as the Lord had commanded him. And all the firstborn males, by the number and names of the month old and upward of their number, were 22,273. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites in place of all the firstborn among the sons of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites in place of their cattle, and the Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. And as a redemption price for the 273 of the firstborns of the sons of Israel, who are in excess of the numbers of number of Israel, uh, Levites, you shall take five shekels apiece per head. You shall take them in terms of the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is 20 garaz. And you shall give the money, a redemption price of those who are in excess among them, to Aaron and to his sons. I want you to see something here. I want you to see how God keeps giving everything to the priesthood. Now, I think the church has a really poor understanding of this as now they think everyone's equal i don't believe i'm equal with everybody i don't believe i'm below everybody i don't believe i'm above everybody but i know i'm not equal because before the cross as a son i am but as an apostle i'm not equal as a prophet i'm not equal okay um there are prophets who have more favor with god they have walked with god more faith with it or longer can do it let's say faithfully longer and it doesn't mean God doesn't love me any less. That doesn't. We're not talking about love. We're talking about authority. And authority, me and you are not giving all authority. We're given a measure of authority. We have to steward it. If we're faithful with anything God gives us, money, um, authority, power, 
anointing. We have to be faithful with that and increase it by stewardship. Okay? And so what happens in the church is we just think we're all the same. They've got this socialistic mindset that God doesn't have. God doesn't have that, by the way. <clears throat> it's not that it's performance-based, but it's stewardship that's required. And stewardship looks like, or like you've earned it. You haven't. You steward it. You're given what belongs to someone else, and you're steward. You don't own it, but you are responsible to bring its increase. Okay, and we'll talk about steward in the school of the prophets and all that as well. And what we have to understand is now God's going to take the tithe, and when God takes the tithe, God gives the tithe to the Levites. See, the Levites don't get land. The Levites, when they when they go into the into the land finally after 40 years, the Levites, God takes the Levites and gives them three cities in all the tribes. Because they are there to be those that help Israel stay on course, help Israel to worship their God properly, to help Israel learn the law. They fail at this, obviously. Okay, they fail at it miserably. The, the, you know, the, the Levites begin to take bribes. They begin to pervert justice. Uh, you could see this in like um, Ezekiel chapter 44, where God rebukes them because they're sanctifying people in their sin and stuff like that. So they fail at this. Okay. But the tithe was given for that. So read that and understand that. The last chapter of Leviticus says that God takes the tithe. It is holy. Whatever is holy, God would give to the to the priest uh, and Aaron because it's holy. Even when you'll read it, when uh, 250 leaders rise up against Moses, they have their censors, and even though they're wicked before God and all this, M Moses is commanded go get the censors and give them to Aaron because they're holy because they brought it before the Lord. It's now holy. It can't go back and be used for anything else but for the work of God. See, listen to me. Listen to me, saints. The call on my life means I can only do this. I can only do it. I can't do anything else. I can have businesses and all that, but but the truth of the matter is, this is what I'm called for. I'm called for preaching. I love when, you know, I, I, you know Todd was just here and he's talking about how he wanted to quit. And I laughed. I said, you can't. I said, Todd, I said, I know you're hurting. I know, I know you're in pain and, and justifiably so, to be honest with you, but you're called, man. As sure as I know I'm called, I'm sure I know you and Jess are called and there's nothing you can do, man. You're called to this. Fighting it is ridiculous, but surrendering is the best way. And I say, I know you're hurt. I get that. But go seek the face of God. And when he speaks, do what he tells you to do. And you know what I love about Todd? Todd did that. He didn't do it right away. He started slowly engaging God in prayer and engaging God in prayer. And his wounds started, but then God zapped him. God came in and said, hey, I've called you. And I love my friend Todd. I, I, believe, I believe we have so many challenges in this world. It's amazing more ministers don't struggle. I think a lot of ministers struggle. 
I think a lot of ministers are struggling because we don't know what to do. And I'm going to tell you what to do. Seek the face of God. All right. So now you're going to see that what what Moses or what Paul, excuse me, Paul says about finances is that I'm going to just give you a couple of scriptures, all right? And and we'll we might go into this. How far have I gone already? I'm already at 24 minutes. I try not to keep you too long on a Wednesday morning. I love you, so I try not to do that and and burden you with too much. Um, but Moses in Galatians chapter six, which again, uh, by the way, on Saturdays on the subscribed on locals, <clears throat> we're in Ephesians. Um, I'm so I'm so enjoying spending time with you uh, and laboring. This is my labor of love for you. I so appreciate everybody who watches this, everybody that comes to my church or comes to my meetings. I'm so excited. Uh, by the way, we're going to be in Oklahoma City at the first weekend of April. I think it's the 31st, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And you can join me there. I got to put that up on my, um, uh, I think it's on my calendar, but I don't think we have a JPEG for it yet. Uh, I'll see if they make a JPEG for it. All right. Now, let's just read Galatians 6, 1, and we'll, and we'll read probably through 10. Because this is for all the people who ask me why I why would I restore Todd? And and be honest with you, I I don't I, in the natural it looks like I restored Todd and the people around him, but really it's God who does the re restoration. But brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. <laughs> oh, Paul. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have a rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Now, listen to what it says. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Him who has taught the word, let him share <clears throat> all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. It's talking about physical, physical stuff here. It's talking about, you know, taking care of those. Because... <clears throat> you know, if I had a job, if I had a regular job, how would I do what I do? How would I teach? I am required by the Lord. Not in like the Lord saying, you have to do this. But I understand the burden alone of being a full-time minister, what that means. And to me, it means I have, I have so much responsibility for the well-being of the Christians I'm in charge, or let's say I lead, better word there, or better even yet, those I lay my life down for, to myself being whole, healthy, righteous, pure, all those things. 
And if I put the wrong stuff in front of me, the wrong stuff on my plate, if I have to go out and labor to make money, I decrease my ability to do this. Now, what happened to me in 06? <clears throat> Actually, in 05, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to quit your job. It took me eight months. Part of my pride I had a really good job, folks. I made $150,000 a year. If I stayed on that job, I would have retired last year and would have gotten about $80,000, $90,000 a year retirement. That's what I gave up. Okay? I have no regrets. None. Because the fruit that I have gained and the reward and what I have sown in the spirit far outweighs any retirement plan. But it does come with a cost. It comes with a severe cost. I left with no guaranteed income. I was making $12,000 a month with retirement and with health care. And I walked away. Not everyone understands the cost of doing what we do. They don't understand that. So they ridicule it. They think we live, we're all about the offerings. No, really, I'm really bad. I really, I really wish that... Um, I didn't have to take offerings, but I do. Why? Because this is the exchange. When you give to me, you're sowing in the spirit. If I don't allow you to do that, I'm the one who's in sin. Now, Paul goes on to write in a couple of places that if we sow of you spiritual things, let me pull up the scripture for you there. If we sow spiritual things to you, then don't we have a right to your earthly things? And this is really, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures on it. He's talking about taking up an offering for Israel. He says, yes, they please, uh, please to do so, and they are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they are indebted to minister to them also in material things. Okay. Uh, and Paul says this about his apostleship. If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? This is what people don't understand about the offering. This is the way the Lord set up. Him who preaches the gospel lives by the gospel. You don't muzzle the ox while he's treading out the grain. These are all speaking. That wasn't ox he was concerned. He was concerned about the minister. So when people sit there, and I always had this attitude about giving, that I was sowing into my future. I, I, by the way, I still give to ministers. I don't just, I don't, I, I still give. I don't, I don't give to myself my income. Kathy sometimes sows into my ministry. She has a job. She sows into my ministry. I don't sow into my own ministry. I give. I pay my tithes. And I give. And I give. I give. I give around the world. I have sons that are in dire need and I give. Why? Because I believe in the kingdom. I believe in it wholeheartedly. And, and you need to, too. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. See, I learned something way back in the 90s. The value of sowing in faith and responding to the word spoken to me with an offering. Now, look, you can give, you can do all that stuff. If you want to give on the gate, you can. You can scroll down, it says Louis D. Sienna. That's fine. That's what this is about. I learned to put value on the word and the spirit. By the way, I I, I, I partner with people a lot. They don't like I don't I don't know if they even know I partner with them. Like they have someone else doing their books. But I I love sewing. I, there is such value I place on the word. I go to a meeting, folks. I don't always you know. I don't always have excess money, but I will always sew. I don't like going to a meeting if I cancel. Then you might go, Lou. How much do you have to sew? How much do you have? <laughs> you know, like if you only have ten dollars to your name, you determine when's an offering, when's a tithe. If you get paid ten dollars, you owe a dollar. That's simple as that. But when it comes to offering, there's times I, I I've had no money left. By the way, I used to have this nice gold bracelet. I sewed it in a meeting. Gave it. I had given. It was a re- revival meetings, and I'd given thirty days in a row. And guess what? By the twenty eighth day, I didn't have any more money left. You know, I didn't. I paid. I was sewing every meeting, and I just could not sit there in the presence of God and not sew something. And I want you to understand that that that, that dynamic that that um, connection from when you share with your your those ministers who sew into your life and you're listening to work because we've gotten in such an atmosphere of freedom. But freedom is God wants to free you up so you can do what you're what He commanded so you can do it freely so it's not um, under bondage or anything like that. But I think that when it comes to there's so much information out there free. Number one, I, I don't believe that I, I do believe that you need to build relationships with those that are you're laboring with. Um, um, I I I, I'm, I can't wait for the school of the prophets because that's where we'll talk more about this stuff. And, and we'll go through it in detail. By the way, I'm going to have notes and all that stuff. You're going to be able to download notes. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay? A lot, a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, um, but understand that the tithe was given to the Levites. That's that's the priest. I, if we had it done right, look, let me explain something. If we did it right, the tithe would never go towards a building. See, I believe because we don't do it right, we're not actually breaking through to the area that God wants us to break through to. Let me explain. If we took the tithe and did what God actually commanded to it, and it went in, let's say the gate, we take collect tithes, and we only took the tithe to pay ministers, but the offerings paid for buildings. Now you go, well, look, the offerings are so low. That's the problem. See, the Jews, when they wanted to build a building, they took up an offering and they built a building. When the Jews want to build a hospital, you know what they do? 
all the Jewish people who want to build a house, they come together, they take up an offering. That offering isn't less than their tithe. That offering sometimes is five, six million dollars they give, and they pay for the hospital. They pay for the synagogue cash. And there's a wonder why they're blessed. And with the Gentiles, we give our tithe, and then we go, well, you know, I'll give 2% more. But that's not the way the Jews do it. And the Jews have an understanding of community, of, 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 of blessing. And I really believe God wants to bless us at a level, but we're still doing what we always do. And that's where the problems come up. But let's just say we took the tithe. And everyone tithe, by the way. And you listed, this is my tithe, this is my offerings. If we actually divide it up, this is my tithe portion, this is my offering portion. And we did it that way. And you took the tithe and you said, now, how many ministers could you have? And so I'm not saying like it would just be for me. If everyone tithed in the church, you could probably have two or three more people that you actually want to have on staff on staff because the tithe would cover that, right? And, and you could sit there and say, and the building expenses are covered on offerings. And imagine if we could build buildings cash. Imagine like Bethel's trying to raise up 98, basically 100 million to build their building. And they're trying to do a cash. It's going to take them probably six or seven years. But I believe that if we actually understood the tithe, because a lot of their tithe goes to expenses. What if the tithe in that place was only done for the priest? Hey, Michael, Lou, that's too much. It might be. You're right. That's where the priests have to be righteous in the way they act, okay, with their money, all right, and not go, Ooh, five million extra came in and tithe because now number one, Bethel employs so many people that that's why the budget's so big. Okay, because they, by the way, Bethel employs like six hundred people they have on staff, so they are using most of their tithe for that. The building's paid off, and that's why they want to do next building cash. And there's a small expenses when it comes to the building. Now you got insurance, clean, and and they'll cover it. They're actually doing it more righteously than most places. I know places take out the loan and stuff like that. Learn this principle, okay? Give the tithe to your church, your priest, your pastor. It goes to that church, okay? It doesn't go to the traveling minister, by the way. Why? He's an itinerant minister, and he lives by offerings. Because I, I, and I, by the way, I stand by this, because when I went to Nashville three years, I told everyone there to give your tithe to your church. Why? Because when you have a crisis, you ain't coming to me, okay? You're going to your pastor. He's the one responsible for you. I'm just teaching you. That's an offering, not a tithe. Those that were I was directly responsible for it were tithing to me. Amen? Amen. If we learn these principles from Scripture, if we learn the right way, there is a right way of doing it. This is why we'll not, you know, sit there and take, you know, I've done this before. I've cut my income so we can afford things. That's not faith. I found out that's not faith. That's actually, it's actually settling and not believing God for the increase. Teach the right thing, get the right results, right? Preach the right thing, get the right results. Now saying that, which I normally don't do this, you can give. If you're watching this on the app, just scroll down and hit uh, the give button. And then you could sow and just, well, if you want to sow to me, just click the thing where it says ties and, and just click it down and go, uh, I think it says general. Go down and hit. Um, just go down and hit uh, Louis D. Siena. 
Okay, if you want to give to me. If you want to give to the Gate Church, just give to the Gate Church. You want to give to lewisdcn.com if you're listening to it on my website or anything, you go to lewisdcn.com forward slash donate. And you can go to Lewis D. Santa Ministries on, um, I think it's, uh, well, go to lewisdcana.com forward slash donate. And there's four different ways you can give on there. And you can give that way. Amen. There's plenty of ways to give. To, to give. I don't normally do that. But because we are talking about finances, we need to put our faith in action. We need to do what's right. And do it rightly before the Lord. And this is pleasing to him. And it will bless you. So let's take communion real quick. I do have my communion out. Um, I was going to take it. I said, no, I'm going to wait and do it with do it with the people this morning. So, <clears throat> Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. You are the bread of life that came down from our Father. And you, did, you do feed us, and we are satisfied. I thank you that through your sacrifice... Sickness and disease has no power over us, and you have healed us from all our diseases. I thank you for it. I give you honor and praise. Bless your people. Heal them of every disease, every heart ailment, every lung ailment, every blood ailment. There's someone you got fluid around your lungs. I speak to that right now. In Jesus' name, be gone. The lungs clear up. The fluid dissipates. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Someone, your liver is having some enzymes in your liver. We just command that to be whole and normal in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Wow, I see something like kidneys or spleen in the back. Jesus' name. I speak that over you right now. Be healed in the name. Oh, left eye. Uh, I don't know if it's blind, but it's having some issues in Jesus' name. If it's your right eye, it's your right eye. I, I saw the left eye. So right now, I just pray right now for your left eye just to be healed in Jesus' name right now. Some of you need a breakthrough financially. Thank you, Lord. Right now, I just speak to your finances. Be a breakthrough right now. You're just going to sow a seed. I don't know how much. Just... In faith, just like the widow woman, because that's one of the prophetic acts. Like if you're if you're if you're if you're paralyzed, one of the, the prophetic act is to try to move. When Jesus that's why Jesus told them to pick up their bed. People go, How do you know they're in faith? Because they reach for their bed. <laughs> the man who was laying by the pool of Bethesda, uh, he he picked up his bed when he reached for it. And he tried to move his feet. That's an act of faith. And it's glorious to God. Amen. Amen. I bless you in that. Take, go ahead and take the bread. And Lord, I thank you for this covenant. Understand this. The blood sanctifies. The oil consecrates. Lord, we thank you for the blood. It cleanses us, washes us, redeems us, and justifies us. It is the sanctifying blood. You have washed us in your own blood. I thank you for that. Jesus, you have done it. Revelation chapter 1. You have washed us in your own blood. I thank you for the everlasting covenant. Go ahead and drink. 
Hallelujah. Were you blessed today? Would you share this? Give it a thumbs up, whatever media you're watching. Maybe you're on YouTube. Maybe you're on Facebook. Give it a thumbs up. Know that I love you. Praying for you. Let me know in comments if you have any questions. i love love to hear from you. Okay? Do that. Don't forget to sign up for School of the Prophets. I'll see you next week. God bless you. You have a great day. Bye-bye.